friends. So, well, throughout the week, uh, the kids have been talking about Daniel and his friends. Uh, and they've seen all kinds of miraculous things that uh, God did in Daniel's life. Uh, it talked about how God helped Daniel to interpret one of the king's dreams. Uh, we talked about how uh, three of Daniel's friends were thrown into a fire, but they didn't burn because God was with them. It talked about how Daniel was thrown into this cave full of lions, and he prayed and God shut the lion's mouth. God was with them through it all. There were things that we see in these stories, things that only God could do. Uh, And in each instance, in each time where one of these miracles took place, uh, we saw that people believed, they trusted in God because of it. They saw God do some great, some mighty act, and then they said, you know what, this this God really is powerful. Maybe we should trust him. Maybe we should turn to him a little bit more than all of these other things that we are placing our trust in. Uh, Every miracle provided Daniel and his friends this opportunity to say how good uh, God is. And one of the things that I like about these stories that we read about Daniel and his friends uh, is that Daniel and his friends are just ordinary people. They weren't uh, anybody who were, was famous and special before these stories took place. Uh, they were just ordinary people like you and me who trusted in God. When, when difficulties came, when challenges arose, when the opportunity to step up happened, They trusted in God and God showed up and did miraculous things within their lives. And these stories that we read about in Daniel aren't just things that happened way back, you know, 550 BC. Uh, They're things that we read throughout the Bible. They're things that still happen within our lives today. In our church, we've been reading through uh, first the Gospel of John, and right now we're reading through the book of Acts together. And it's the same things that we see over and over and over again. God doing miraculous work in people's lives. People seeing God perform miracles and turning their hearts towards him. And then God using ordinary people to do extraordinary things. And so our scripture reading this morning is going to help to highlight how God is still in this miracle working business. How God is still using ordinary people like you and me to make profound differences in the world around us. And so we're going to read in Acts chapter 9. Uh, Verse 32 through 43, Uh, these are stories that in some ways help remind us of this God who worked in Daniel's life, that he's still working today. And so here we are, Acts chapter 9 and verse 32, it says, Now as Peter went here and there among all the believers, he came down also to the saints who were living in Lydda. There he found a man named Aenus who had been bedridden for eight years, for he was paralyzed. Peter said to him, Aenus, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and make your bed. And immediately he got up, and all the residents of Lydda and Sharon saw him, and they turned to the Lord. Now in Joppa there was a disciple whose name was Tabitha, which in Greek is Dorcas. She was devoted to good works and acts of charity, and at that time she became ill and died. When they had washed her, they laid her in a room upstairs. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples who heard that Peter was there sent two men to him with a request. Please come to us without delay. So Peter got up and went with them. When he arrived, they took him to the room upstairs. And all the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing tunics and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was with them. Peter put them all outside, and then he knelt down and prayed. He turned to the body and he said, Tabitha, get up. And she opened her eyes and seeing Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her up, and then calling the saints and widows, he showed her to be alive. This became known throughout Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. 
when Peter stayed in Joppa for some time with a certain Simon, a tanner. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. We say thanks be to God. All right, so this passage begins, Peter, he's traveling around from place to place. He's visiting all the different churches, checking in on people, making sure they're doing all right, uh, offering them a word of encouragement for whatever is going on. And then when he arrives in the city of Lydda, he meets a person who's been paralyzed for eight years. Peter tells him, hey, it's Jesus Christ that heals you. Stand up and walk. And the man gets up and he begins to walk. And the people all over the town say, wow, how great that God is. We're going to place our trust in him as well. A little bit after that, uh, people come and they grab Peter and they say, hey, Peter, we really need you to go down to the city of Joppa. There's this lady there who died. She was such an amazing person. Uh, It says, you know, her name is Tabitha or in Greek, it's Dorcas. So if you're Greek, you can call her Dorcas or if you just really like the name. Uh, I grew up in the 80s, so Dorcas just always makes me smile whenever I say it. So I'm going to call her Dorcas. But they said, you know, she's passed away and we need somebody to come and do something. She was such a special person. She did so much for our community. She helped so many people. Can you come and pray over? And so Peter shows up on the scene. He, he, he goes and he says, wow, look at all these wonderful things that she's done. Look at all the wonderful ways that she helped and she cared for people. Uh, he clears them out of the room, though. And then he says, all right, Tabitha, uh, raise up. Tabitha, get up. And she, she's healed, right? The miraculous work takes place. She's raised to new life. And all of the people, they see that this lady who is dead has now been risen. And so they begin to believe in Jesus, too. So I think this story in Acts highlights a lot of the same things that we learned about, that we talked about in the book of Daniel. That God is still in the miracle working business. That God uses miracles to help people draw close to him. For people to be able to see and know that he is good. That he cares for them. That he is still powerful. and And that God uses ordinary people like me and you. I think the first thing, right, that we're talking about is that miracles still take place. God is still in the miracle working business. And it's not just in the book of Acts that God is working miracles. It's not just uh, in the book of Daniel. It's all throughout scripture. It's all throughout uh, the history of the church, even leading to this day. There's people in this church that I know who have experienced miracles within their life, who've testified to it, who've been able to say, God has, has healed me. God has delivered me. God has brought me out of some dark situations and he's brought me into a new life. God has done a miraculous work in my life. People And this church can testify of what God has done for them, the ways that God has rescued them and saved them and healed them. God is still in the miracle working business. So it's not just about what used to happen. It's about what is currently happening, that God still uh, does miracles in our lives. And, And I think... And what I realize in my own life, what I oftentimes see in the life of churches is that though we see maybe God does a miracle here or God does a miracle over here, we struggle to believe that that maybe God could do a miracle for me. I I think Dorcas herself could probably show up and and say, hey, here I am. And we'd be like, wow, that's that's great. Look what God did. He did it for her, but we doubt that God is going to do the same thing for us. And I get that struggle because while I believe that God works miracles, I oftentimes have that same struggle. I remember uh, whenever I was studying to be a pastor. I was in school and a lot of us who were studying to be pastors, we would all kind of talk about some of the the great things that we're learning and studying and doing and would also talk about some of the struggles that we were having. And one one of the challenges that we would talk about is, 
is how do you pray for miracles? Like, how, how do we actually do this? What does this look like? Because nobody wants to pray for something and then have it not happen. You know, like, I, I, would, I would feel bad if something didn't happen. And I'm so thankful that I had this professor. Her name was Dr. Akalatse. And she would remind us. She said, well, doesn't Jesus say you have not because you ask not? I was like, oh, wow, that's, that's good. Yeah, okay, so I should ask. And she says, doesn't Jesus say uh, how a, a child uh, would go to their father and ask for something, would ask for bread? And a loving father, would a loving father give their child a snake instead of bread? I was like, no, they, they wouldn't give them a snake. They, they wouldn't do something like that to them. She said, if a loving father treats a child in that way, your dad gives you a snake instead of bread? Well, I'm sure there's more to the story here. but <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> but she says, if, 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 God, if Jesus says that we are like children, and like children going to our Heavenly Father asking for something good, God isn't going to give us something bad in response to that. And I'm at the stage of life, I know many of you are as well, or if you're not in that stage now, you either have had children or you remember what it is to be a child where children ask for anything. Kids have high hopes for the things that are possible. I know there's times in my family, we wake up, it's time for breakfast. My wife will say, hey, this morning you can have oatmeal or cereal. One of my kids will ask for a bagel. I'm sorry, that wasn't a choice. We don't have them right now. Or if, if it's, you know, you can have cereal or you can have a bagel. Well, what about a waffle? And it's like, we haven't had waffles in our freezer for five years. Like, I don't, I don't understand, but they have high hopes. They're willing to ask for whatever. Now, it could be 10 o'clock at night, and while why my kids are up at 10 is a different story altogether, but I'm not, it's not, it's, it's me, anyway. They ask for ice cream, 10 o'clock at night, right? And it's like, no, it's two hours past your bedtime, or hey, can we watch a, a movie? Guys, it's, it's already way past the time that you should be in bed. But they have high hopes. They're not afraid to ask. And they know that even when the answer is no, because uh, I'm from the school of no as well, like no is the first answer and then maybe we'll work our way to a yes. But they know that even if the answer is no, that they still have a father who, who loves and cares for them, who wants good things in their life. And so our professor was kind of saying, you know, we approach God in that same way. We approach with the high hopes, asking God the things that we need, looking for, longing for the miraculous to take place. But even if God says no to the thing that we're asking for, it doesn't mean that God doesn't care for us. It doesn't mean that God doesn't love us. He is still there. We can still go to him over and over and over again. Uh, And we can trust that he is going to continue to do good things uh, in our lives. other things uh, that we notice in this story, though, and uh, one of the things that we notice in Daniel's story is that when God does the miraculous, when God does the good thing, it's something that always draws people to him. Right? The, the good thing that God is doing, while it does a good thing for the people who receive the miracle, it's not always about the miracle, but it's about the miracle worker. It's about the one who does it. It's not about necessarily the person who receives it, because we're just ordinary people after all. But the miracle always draws attention to the one who is able, to the one who can perform the miracles that we read about, the ones that we're talking about. 
And so what I've been learning through this week through the stories of Daniel as I'm, as I'm reading this book of Acts is that while I'm praying and I'm asking God for the miraculous things that I want to see take place and occur within my life or in the lives of others, I've also learned that perhaps the thing that I need to ask is, is not only will God do this miracle, but God, would you be, would you be glorified in this situation? Would you use whatever is taking place here and now so that it would point people and draw people towards you, that it would help people to trust in you? I was talking with somebody from the church recently, and they were talking about uh, receiving a diagnosis, uh, terminal cancer. They've got two months to live. The person says to the doctor, says, you know, I'm okay with dying. I know where I'm going. I'm okay with dying because I know where I'm going. And there's a part of me that thinks, man, there's something miraculous in that. That even in the midst of the, the hardest news that you can have, that you can still be at peace. Right? Even in the midst of the, the most challenging things that we can experience in life, I can still have hope. I can still have joy. There's a way that God is working to bring about miraculous things in that. And that is something that gives glory to God. That in the situation itself, the person is turning their heart, they're turning their lives towards God, and God is showing up. And so it becomes more than just about the miracle, it becomes more than just about the situation, it becomes an opportunity to point people towards the God who is able. I mean, even in our story uh, in the book of Acts, we read about Dorcas and we read about Aenus who experienced miracles. Just a couple chapters before in Acts chapter 7, there's a guy by the name of Stephen and it talks about how he is stoned to death. Uh, A couple chapters later in Acts 12, uh, it talks about uh, James, the brother of John, and he's killed by the sword, right? That that suffering takes place. It's a part of life. It's a part of the, the difficulties and the challenges of this world, the world that's not the way that God would have it. Jesus says that it rains on the just and the unjust alike. But it's what happens in the suffering. It's what happens as a result of the suffering that matters. It's the way that God shows up in the midst of it all that gives us that sense of peace. It's the way that God shows up in the midst of it that fills us with a little bit of hope and a little bit of joy that enables us to fight through, to push through whatever it is that comes next. Trusting that our Heavenly Father is working for our good, for the good of those who are called according to His purpose. And so again, as I'm reading these stories of Daniel and his friends, uh, as I'm reading these stories in the book of Acts, I'm reminded that God is still in the miracle working business. Uh, I'm reminded that the purpose of the miracle, really the purpose of our lives is to glorify him, to honor him, the one who made us, who created us, who saved us. Uh, And there's a third thing uh, that I'll just close on real quick. And that's uh, that God uses ordinary people like you and me to do extraordinary things. God uses ordinary people like you and me to do the miraculous works as well, to participate in his work in this world. Like our friend Dorcas uh, that we read about. She's just an ordinary person. She wasn't somebody special. She wasn't somebody who was incredible. She was a person just like me and you. Uh, But there's a multitude of extraordinary things that happen within her life. And we just get like a small little snippet. It just gives us a few verses that tells us about her. And it tells us that she was devoted to good works and acts of charity. We look at the impact that she made. Right? Whenever she's there uh, lying on her deathbed, it's got the whole community 
is mourning because of the impact that she made in their life, because of the way that she touched their lives. They, they're all gathered around. They're showing off the pieces of clothing that she had made. Look at the way that she cared for me. Look at the way that she had compassion upon me. Look at the way that she showed up in our lives. They were gathered there because she showed the kind of love that God has for each of us to the people around her. And, and I think that making clothes is pretty extraordinary because that's not my skill set. That's not the thing that I can do. You wouldn't want me to make your clothes. It'd be just a sheet that you would wrap around you. Uh, and, And maybe making clothes isn't yours either. But there's this compassion, this care that Dorcas shows. Uh, that gives witness to God that's something that each of us can do within our own lives. The same way that Dorcas shows up in people's lives, the same way that she cares for people, the same compassion that she shows for these people who would have nothing uh, apart from her uh, offering them the help that they need, uh, becomes an inspiration for many. It becomes an inspiration for us as well. And what I love is that you know the person who's writing the book of Acts he didn't have to tell us any of these things, right? He, he could have just said, there was this lady, Dorcas, she died, Peter shows up, she's healed. But he gives us these details because he wants us to see the way that God shows up in the lives of ordinary people and uses them to do extraordinary things. He's, he's writing and he's given us these details that she was devoted to good works and acts of charity, that, that all of the widows are gathered there with all the clothes that she had made because he wants us to see something in her life that inspires us to believe what God can do in us and through us as well. Because I believe that God wants to use ordinary people like me and you to do extraordinary things. That God wants to not only work the miraculous within our lives, but he wants us to be able to do some of the miraculous works that our community needs as we go out, as we are filled with his compassion, as we're filled with his care, as we strive to make a difference and an impact in the people that he places within our lives. Each of us has kind of our own spheres of influence. I mean, we all run in different circles, right? You know people that I don't know. I know people that you might not know. But God has placed us in each of those places, uh, each of those positions, uh, within each of those spheres of influence for a time so that we can help to glorify him so that through our lives, through the compassion and the care that we show, through the miraculous things that God does in us and through us so we can point more people towards him. To trust that he is good. To trust that he really does love and care for us. To see his kingdom and all of its goodness come throughout the earth. And so I'd invite you throughout this week, uh, throughout the coming weeks one, uh, to be in prayer for the miraculous things that you desire to see. don't, don't ever forget that you have a heavenly father who loves and cares for you deeply. You can always go to him with whatever you need. That he wants you to come close and present those needs to him. I, I want to invite you to think about the people who God has placed in your life. Who are the people who God has put in your life that, that need a little bit of love, a little bit of care, who need some compassion in the same way that Dorcas showed compassion on the people that he put around her. And invite God to let you, to use you, do extraordinary things for him. Let's pray together. Gracious and almighty God, we give you thanks for these stories of Daniel and his friends, for these stories of Dorcas and Enos, and for the way that you showed up in their lives to remind us that you're still in the miracle working business. You still are showing up within our lives. I pray that I pray that you can help us to see uh, just how much you love and care for us. Help us to see your goodness and your truth. Help us to live in a way that honors and glorifies you. We pray that you would use us 
just ordinary people to do uh, the extraordinary work that you've laid out for us, that you've created us to do. You've given each person their own gifts, their own skills, their own abilities, their own talents, their own passions. You've given them to us so that we might use them uh, to bring glory to you, to, to do the good that you invite us and call us to do. So Lord, we pray that you would help us to, to live for you, to trust in you each and every day. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.